Welcome to the Her Sweet Spot Experience, dishing out tips and tricks on mindset, money, marketing, and media for your life and business, and where we talk to women about how they found their sweet spot. Welcome to the Her Sweet Spot Experience, where we talk to women about how they found their sweet spot. I'm your host, Marsha Guerriere, and on today's episode, we'll be talking with Sable B., founder of Real Brown Girls. I I'm, 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 can't wait to get into all things brown girls because I'm a brown girl. So you guys know how I love to start the show off by giving you guys tips and tricks I've learned along the way in this entrepreneurial game. Today's tip is all about the money, money moves. How you get that money move mindset, right? Always think three steps ahead. You got to use your intuition and think of almost every opportunity, three steps ahead in almost every possible situation. When you're looking at your product or service type, consider the type of offerings you may want to provide to your customers at any given time of the year, even if it seems like something will benefit you now in this season, you never know how it can and will benefit you and your clients in the long run and vice versa. So something that might not work today, you have to think about the possibility so that it could be an offering that you could provide to your customers later on, right? You don't succeed expecting one thing to be your winning ticket in this game. You need to find multiple ways, multiple services and products that could speak to a multitude of clients within your industry. You have to think long-term and have a vision of where you want to be. That's how to do it in this entrepreneur game. Be intentional about the things you want and create short and long-term goals so that you can build that revenue stream year-round that you have been yearning for. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and get back with our special guest for the day, Sable B. We'll be right back. Her Sweet Spot is an online community for women influencers, leaders, and small business owners that offer coaching, education, resources, and networking opportunities for those looking to start or grow a business. We are the go-to incubator for success-driven solo CEOs who need their own team of C-suite coaches. Here's where she will find her sweet spot in mindset, money, marketing, and media. To learn more, visit www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E, spot.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Her Sweet Spot Experience, bringing you amazing guests and content in mindset, money, marketing, and media. Get your pens and paper out because you never know when my guests are going to drop some real nuggets on these here airwaves. So let me start by telling you a little bit about our guest today, Sable B. Sable is an educator and trainer by trade. She's a former high school teacher a current nonprofit program director, and the creator of The Real Brown Girls, an online community of over 50,000 women. One day, Sable realized she could build community outside of her classroom. She left the world of teaching and began conducting career readiness-centered workshops throughout Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, and Massachusetts. When she isn't showing students how to milk college for all it's worth or fundraising, she can be found creating national sold-out networking events for women of color. Believing in the power and necessity of of, of in-person connections, Sable has hosted over 15 live sold-out events and workshops partnering with brands such as Bond Collective, Essentia, Curls, and the YWCA in Brooklyn. Guys, I would like for you all to help me welcome in today's guest, Sable B. Sable, Sable, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm so fantastic. How are you? 
I'm good. You're so busy. You I'm good. Are just- I was listening to it. I was like, that bio is like out of date now, but it, it's still accurate to a certain extent. But yeah, I was like, oh, that's something else I need to put on my list of things to do. List of things to do. So, so tell me, what are you up to now? And tell us who, who, what would we change or update, add, and improve to that bio? Tell, tell everyone listening. Um, so the first things that jumped out that when you won't be able to hear me typing that I'll have to um, write down is it's no longer 50,000 women. It's about 85,000 women. Um, all right. Including like social media and all that, all that jazz. Um, another thing that popped out was the fact that, or is the fact that, um, the Real Brown Girls Collective has launched, which is a member a membership community. So this is taking it a step beyond just the networking events and social media. So we've launched a chapter of Real Brown Girls in Atlanta. We've launched a chapter in New York, D.C., L.A., South Florida, and Philly are to come. Um, and I'm having conversations with individuals in other cities just to get real brown girl events happening more regularly with a local component. It's great to connect online. I obviously enjoy connecting people online, but I'm no fool to the importance of connecting in, in real life. So that would be a change. Absolutely. Um, whew, my memory. I need to take some memory pills. Um, another change would be, I've actually, I have a new, um, full-time position. Um, so that title is no longer accurate, but I mean, I'm still doing, I'm still doing similar work, but the work now is more focused on all diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, style workshops, education and teaching. But yeah, I was like, oh, something else to do. Uh, keep it keeping updated with the bio so that this question would have come a little later in in our conversation but with all of that and all that you do how are you building your sweet spot so we do want to talk about how you are doing that as a solopreneur Uh, I imagine with such a huge community you can't do it all I know you can't do it all all along because I know what happens here with women on the rise and so how are you doing it and why isn't someone doing this updating for you (laughs) when you find your sweet spot so I think that it sounds like a lot and there are definitely moments where it feels like a lot but one thing that I do tell people when that question comes up is that a lot of things occur in waves so there are busy seasons and there are seasons that are not that busy um, so it could sound like I'm doing all of these things all day, every day. That would be a real inaccurate picture for me to paint. Right. Um, so I just, I do tell people that like, oh, I'm not doing that all day, every day, um, or just every day, period. I, I'm fantastic at saying no. Uh, people find that out as, as time goes on that I'm agreeable, but I stick to a very tight schedule in the sense that I will reschedule something or say no to an initial invitation because I do carve out me time. That's very important for me because I couldn't function if I don't have some quiet time. Um, and the, with, with regards to real brown girls, these different chapters that are coming and popping up, I'm not like the chapter president. I'm not leading. I'm not taking initiative there so i'm i'm very much a part of it but there's someone on the ground that's leading that entire that entire process so it sounds like i'm zipping all over the country doing things no these are like google hangout zoom calls and regular phone calls where a lot of stuff is taking place with it's actually the first time that there's consistent help with real brown girls um and there's Mm -hmm. like a full team and I'm appreciative of it. I'm very, very grateful for it and see what can happen when you have a team. I've also shared with people, don't rush. Like when the team shows itself, you'll know versus trying to like whatever it is versus trying to force a timeline that just, that's just not the timeline for you. So I'm not like, I'm not losing sleep over 
a ridiculous set of responsibilities. That's for sure. Right. Uh, so, so it very much sounds like you're utilizing technology. So do you consider yourself in the real brown girls um, community that you built a tech startup? Because, you know, so many of us and, and some of my guests that I've spoken to as of late are building these online communities and websites that facilitate that membership and that collective. And so how do you think of yourself in terms of being a woman in tech? You know, I don't consider myself a woman in tech, but at the same time... Have you heard it? Yeah, I have heard it. Um, I also think that there's a lot of labels that have been associated with me that I don't identify with at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't see how they fit. It's just not in my consciousness and the way in which I'm navigating things. Um, So on a very just like not professional, for a very not professional example, like I, people have associated me with like, oh, you're a natural, like the whole natural hair movement. I don't identify with that label um, for a few reasons. So I always have reasons to why I don't identify with the label, but I understand why it's associated with me. I think right. that for me, um, irrespective of what labels and categories that are just out there in general for people to associate with people, because I understand how that is important and why it's important. For me, the work is the most important. Um, so I don't get caught up in, you know, how should this be framed? How should this be talked about? What narrative should be said? I, that right. someone would say to me like that's foolish sable and i 100 percent will go yeah i understand exactly where you're coming from um so when it's absolutely necessary to do that i will if i have to but for me it's more so like is the work being done what is the purpose and if tech is a medium to fulfill that purpose then so be it um, right but when i think about tech entrepreneurs in particular I personally feel that I am based on the innovations of those who are truly immersed in the tech space. I am able to stand on their shoulders and then use that innovation to create something beautiful and meaningful. However, I'm not the person who thought of online communities and put together the forum to actually have and host an online community. I was able to utilize someone else's innovation to bring the real brown girl's purpose to fulfill it. Right. That's such a good way to think about it. And yet, I, I, don't, um, um, I think it's safe to say Mark Zuckerberg was not the first person to create community because I think MySpace was out there. Oh, but yeah. look, at, look at where he has mm-hmm. obviously built, right, for himself. Uh, so I want to take back the first part of your your bio, which was you're an educator. You started as a high school teacher. And so what kind of led you, and it says you're a former teacher. So what led you away? Was it the fact that your community was growing so rapidly and you needed to uh, be full time somewhere else? Or, and you saw a change in your career in terms of your speaking and it led you to, to new positions. What, what made you transition from being a teacher? I knew that I didn't want to be a teacher for um, a long time. And by long, I'm saying five plus years, realizing that that is minimal in comparison to career teachers who've been teaching 15, 20, 25 years. Um, I initially thought that I wanted my own school and quickly realized actually, no, ma'am. No, you don't. Um, (laughs) And with that, I am just always, I'm someone that's explorative by nature and extremely, extremely curious. And I think because of some of the adults in my life, I recognize that you could have a skill set and that skill set can be utilized in different places and you don't have to pigeonhole yourself to one thing. So when it comes to this, the transition into the nonprofit space, I don't have a degree in nonprofit management, nonprofit leadership, et cetera, et cetera. But I knew that I had the skills and I could kill it there. 
Um, I could do, I'm trying to use like better idioms. I could do amazing work there. And then as I right. transitioned into my next position, when I was exploring, it's like, what are my values? What do I believe in? What do I want to do? How, do, so it, with this stage of my career is how do I want to use my skill set that I'm constantly building upon? And that's how I made this next transition. So for me, it's more so like I have these set of skills that when blended with my personality, there's no one that can do it quite like Sable can do it. Not that I do it better, but you just can't do it like me. I bring something different to it because it's these skills and then there's Sable. And when you put that together, that's a very particular package. So it's how did I want to use my skills now? And then where can I place myself where my toolkit can get even stronger? So that's kind of how I navigate, like where I'm going to go and how I'm going to do it next. Like, okay, I've done this. This is great. I was able to do X, Y, Z. Now I'd like to do ABC squared. Where does, where is that? Where is that? Right. Yet? Th- that's so important. And it so aligns with everything that I teach people and, and, and preach about in terms of determining where they should go and what they should do if they're just starting out and using that skill set that you already have, building upon your values and the things that you believe in to really think of um, what your career change should be and or what a new business should be for you and your, your, your lifestyle. I think this is a pretty awesome time for us to take a pause and be back with our special guest. Would you hang out with me a little longer, Sable? We'll be right back. I'm here, I'm here, yeah. Awesome, awesome. You're listening to the Her Sweet Spot Experience. Welcome back, guys. This is Marsha Guerriere, and I'm here with our special guest, Sable B, the founder and creator of the Real Brown Girls Collective. Now a membership site and membership community, you can find um, local events happening in any major city, almost every major city, Atlanta, New York, D.C., L.A., Florida, and soon-to-be Philly. Welcome back, Sable. Hello. Hello. So I want to ask you, so off of what we just spoke about before the break in terms of how important are using your skill sets, when you... You, do you ever work with individuals or are you working just from the corporate capacity? Oh, I work with individuals, yeah. And what are some of the biggest mistakes that you feel women are doing when they are trying to transition or thinking of what their next career or even business move should be? Um, that's a really good question. I'm pretty sure that if I sat here for an hour and thought about it, I could come up with a laundry list of things. That's, that yeah. sounds really negative. It's just the reality. I think that what jumps out at me the most when I'm working with a client one-on-one or potential client one-on-one, you know, I will ask them, like, just very simply, what are you good at? Like, What are you good at doing and how many people find it hard to answer that question? That question speaks very clearly to a skill set. That skill set could look very different depending on the person, but I have found, and there's nothing wrong with it, but I do think it has a lot to do how um, female children are reared a lot of times the answer to those questions is that it's family oriented. Um, right. So even if they're not specifically talking about the family, they talk about organization, which is fantastic. And then it, it will evolve into like quite literal organizing things like actual right. objects, not product management right. or project management, because that is also very much so organization. Um, or it's the the cleaning, it's the, you know, making people feel at home. And those are all really, really important things. I don't want to deduce them. At the same time, I think that women have to do, for those who identify as women, um, have to do a better job at truly sitting down and figuring out what are you good at? 
What do you excel at? What do people come to you for? And learning mm-hmm. how to list those things with confidence. Um, right. With confidence. Like with confidence. Often, yes. I find women uh, that will, just like you, have a long pause, tell me they don't know, but they know they want to have an initial call with me to discuss what to do next because something is stirring up in them. They know they need change. And then they will start, exactly like you said, start listing things that, well, I do this for Cousin B and Cousin Susie and Cousin, and, and I do this for my family. And we start talking about, but what do you do at work? Do you encourage them to use skill sets that they've built already through either education or, um, or corporate America to figure out what, what it is that they should be doing? I don't like to, I tell people, you know you better than I will ever know you. We just got on the phone. So whether it's a one call, um, well, I don't really do one calls anymore. It's more, it's at least a month minimum. But whether it's the first call or the third call is getting women to understand that you know you and you have the chance to know you better than I ever will. So with that in mind, I can give you the questions to ask yourself, but you have to sit down and truly reflect and do the inner work to figure out the answers to these questions because no one should be able to tell anyone what they should be doing. That means that something's wrong if you can't answer that for yourself. Now, people people can share with you how to go about the things you want to do. This is a potential path. This is a potential path. Have you considered doing this? But no one should be able to tell anyone what they should be doing if that person has done the necessary inner work. So absolutely. It's for me, it's a list of questions that just requires the person to think. I'm a huge thinker, which is why I still consider myself an educator. I ask a thousand questions and they can scaffold in a bunch of different ways without me having a lesson plan in front of me. I've been asking questions if you ask my mother and father since I could talk. Um, And it was beyond the why. Like I got deeper than that even as a child. Um, Right. And why is still a really good question. Like, well, why not? Like, that's still a, a impactful question. But I think the idea is taking all that you've experienced in all the many facets of life and all the many hats that you wear, I can still turn around and ask someone, what are you good at? And then from the things that you're good at, the next question becomes, well, of those things, what do you enjoy doing? What brings you the most fulfillment? Because there are things that you might be good at that you don't like to do. And people also have to learn to differentiate between that. Because I can list some things that I'm good at. Great. I don't like to do them. I don't want to do them. If I don't have to, I'm not going to do them. Um, Right. So once you even distinguish what you're good at, once you have that list, to take it a step further and to go, well, of those things, what do you actually enjoy doing? Because I think a lot of people get caught up in careers that they're good at, but there's no enjoyment, no fulfillment whatsoever. But they're doing an amazing job at work because they're good at it. Yep. And I, I, I talk to people about that often in them finding their purpose and really saying, well, I, I do this for, I've been doing this for 10 years. Not everyone needs to use that same skill set. What passion versus skill are two different reasons why you go into a particular field or into um, starting a business in that area or industry. Mm-hmm. Why nonprofit for you? Um, nonprofit, well, I'm not even in the nonprofit space anymore. Um, nonprofit, the nonprofit space for me at the time was a strategic move. I think that in trying to fulfill purpose, people also forget that you need purpose and strategy. Um, Purpose is not sufficient. Um, So it was a strategic move that I knew would bring extra validity. It would bring extra experience. And 
people don't realize that the nonprofit space often functions just like the corporate space. The only exactly difference, like it. Yeah, like yeah. the only difference is one is a public sector and how it's funded, and one is a private sector uh, or yep. even a public company with stakeholders and such. So I think people spend a lot of, spend way too much time focusing on nonprofit versus corporate when the experiences are very, very similar across the board. Um, and then one thing you mentioned purpose, one thing that I try when the opportunity presents itself to share with people, this idea of like, I need to find my purpose. I need to find my purpose. I think people put too much pressure on this quote unquote task of finding my purpose. Right. I think people need to live and be open to experiences, new experiences and walking through doors that open for them through that exploration purpose will show itself to you. You can't go find it the way you can go find a pair of shoes. Like, I think it's the wrong so right. Like to so find, true. you're physically going to look for something. Um, I think people need to ex- be willing to explore things to discover their purpose. Yes. There's a Absolutely clear agree. difference in word choice there. And I also think people in this new, this new land, it's not even new, it's decades old at this point, but this new space of globalization and just things changing that if you set out to quote unquote, find your purpose, there is an underlying presumption that there's only one purpose. Things change. So I think if someone operates from an angle and perspective of constant exploration and deeper experiences, they'll discover that, this first chapter where you were here or wherever for 20 years or 10 years doing X, Y, Z, that was, there was a purpose in that. And then as you continue and you're willing to discover it, it will guide you to another purpose. Like we'll talk about, you know, things coming to your life for a season. Purposes can last for a season. They're not always this long-term thing. You're, you're never, you're never lost. People think they lost, they're lost or, that something must be wrong with them because they're no longer, you know, fulfilled in that purpose that it's like, no, they you changed. thought was, you evolved. Yes. It's <laughs> your very life simple. expands, yeah. your experiences in life change and, and that changes who you are. And, and that goes for in your personal life, when it comes to relationships, people come into your life for a season, they fulfilled a, 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 a void for for some reason at the time and not everybody's going to hang around or should hang around at every stage and at every moment in your life. It's all about reevaluating your, your values, your belief system and your personal mission. Every person I believe should have their own personal mission. What's your mission? I don't have um, a personal mission, so to speak, um, because I also believe that missions change. Um, yep. If you look at it from a very literal, like army perspective, it's like you have this mission and then you move on to the next mission, but there is this overarching theme. So I, I function more by way of an overarching theme, but for me, it's simply, if I don't stand for anything, I'll fall for something. Fall like if I don't for stand something. for something, I'll, I'll fall for anything. Fall for anything. So Absolutely. this idea of no matter what it is that I'm doing, I have to pick a position on what I think is right and wrong. And when I navigate decisions that come my way and opportunities that come my way from that standpoint, I'm able to make the right decision. And that's what's but most important to me. Uh, you're just giving the people everything, 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 everything they need to hear and learn that life is about change. Life is about evolving and improving and exploring life. There's just not one life to live out here. This is an actually a perfect time for us to take a quick short break for our Her Sweet Spot Mindful Moment. Listen, guys, we're going to come back and we're going to come back with our In the News segment before we let able go so stay tuned we'll be right back here is your mindful moment welcome 
to the next mindful moment with me, Natasha Nurse, speaker, coach, and content creator behind Dressing Roommate, the coaching and consulting platform designed to teach you three vitally important things. First, how to think with clarity. Second, dress with confidence. Third, live with purpose. In this mindful moment, I'll be teaching you the five keys to creating healthy boundaries. And why do we need healthy boundaries? Oh man, there's so much <laughs> that could be said on that. However, I think it really boils down to the couple of factors. First, we need space to think and to just exist. Healthy boundaries are really good at giving us that time, that space, that mechanism to be who we are and discover more about ourselves. Next, we deserve to be respected, each and every one of us. Healthy boundaries puts that space in place so that when there are moments where people may try to disrespect you, they are shut down immediately. Next, you are responsible for teaching others how you want to be treated in this world. So that is how that gets ha that happens. Healthy boundaries that are created by you, enforced by you amongst the people in your life are clear instructional guides as to what you want and how you need to be treated in this world. And then of course, just because someone can say something doesn't mean it needs to be said. So healthy boundaries helps put people in check in the way that they need to be put in check. Because again, we all have lots of thoughts that flow through our mind, thousands and thousands of thoughts that go through our head. Do we need to say them all? Absolutely not. We need to contribute love and positivity into this world and healthy boundaries enforces that idea. So what do you need to do to create these healthy boundaries? Again, five simple steps. First, you have to get real and honest with yourself about what you want. You cannot enforce a healthy boundary for which you do not know what are the boundaries that you want. So for example, if you don't want to go to Thanksgiving dinner or a family gathering and have people comment on your weight or comment on what you're wearing, then you have to say that. You have to say, I wanna be able to have peace and, and, and clarity and calmness that when I enter a family event, I'm not going to have anxiety. I'm not going to be uh, berated with whatever people are thinking. And if they can't adhere to that, then I have, I have some thoughts on that as well. So stay tuned for more. But you first have, have to sit down with yourself and say, hey, self, you're amazing. What does your amazing self want? What do you want? What do you want people to do and not do when it comes to how they interact with you? And then you create and craft healthy boundaries around preventing those negative bad behaviors that other people are currently doing that you no longer want to entertain anymore. Next, no surprise, you got to speak up. You have to actually tell people what you want. That is the beauty of, of creating these healthy boundaries, that they're just not a checklist that you keep for yourself as a dirty secret, but you actually go and you have these conversations. Some might say these are difficult conversations. I think these are conversations that are critical. They're critical moments in your life that you are saying enough is enough, and this is what you're going to entertain, and this is what you're not going to entertain. People can take it or leave it, but you will <laughs> not be bowing down. This is what you want. And it's no negotiation. This is what you want. And you're entitled to your boundaries that you're creating and people will either adhere to them or again, they may not be in, in, in your life in the same capacity anymore because they have to respect you enough to treat your boundaries with respect and authority. So what's the next tip? you have to eliminate people in environments that are crossing those boundaries, right? So what's the value of creating these healthy boundaries if the people in your life continue to try to cross them and, and violate them? That's not going to work, <laughs> right? So why are we putting in the effort and time to create these boundaries to really get clear with ourselves as to what we want? And then when someone violates them, 
we just shut down? Absolutely not. We have to stand up for our rights. We have to stand up for our boundaries and what we are teaching other people, what they need to say and do around us because that is our job. So you have to have conversations, multiple conversations about, hey, these are my boundaries. So when you said X, Y, Z, that really violated one of my boundaries. And I really would like for you to stop. I'd really prefer for you to use this type, these types of words, right? Those are the types of conversations you have to get into. Next, a big part about having healthy boundaries is you yourself have to have the boundary of, I will commit to enforcing these boundaries that I put out and shared with the world. You've got to commit to yourself. If you refuse to take yourself seriously, you can never expect anyone else to. So if you are saying, hey, I don't want to be called X and someone does, and you do nothing about that, then you are showing again to the world that you're not taking yourself and your healthy boundaries that you want to put in place very seriously. So others won't as well. Got to commit to yourself, got to commit to even if it means having seven, eight, nine conversations with the same individual that you do so. And at a certain point, then making the determination that if this person's incapable of following through with what you've asked them, then why are they still having a space in your life that they are maybe they need to be changed and they need to spend more time with other people, but you are entitled to your boundaries. You're entitled to being respected. You're entitled to living a life that reflects what you want and that you should not be settling for anything less, less than what you want. Last tip, celebrate every victory. So we have to, oh, and actually before we get there, we have to in, in addition to the, the committing to yourself, we have to also make sure that when you do celebrate every victory that you maybe even document. So that, so the fifth point is really like document and celebrate every victory so that it's an enforcement, a reinforcement to yourself that like, Hey, I created this healthy boundary and I kept with it. Yay, right? So you have to make sure that we we acknowledge every victory, whether it's a small one or a medium size or a big one, it doesn't matter. You have to celebrate every victory and document it so that it's clear to yourself that you are serious and you're taking yourself seriously and you have not only created the boundary, but you've enforced it and it's working right? So when someone usually does X and they no longer do that, that's a major win for you. That is a major, major opportunity for you to say, hey, this is what this happened. So maybe taking out that journal, maybe you do a a vlog, blog, however you document your life, document and celebrate. And that concludes this mindful moment with me, Natasha Nurse, speaker, coach, and content creator behind Dressing Room 8. Want to connect with me? You can learn more about my platform platform at dressingroom8.com. This was brought to you by the Her Sweet Spot Experience, the podcast you absolutely need to follow and subscribe to at hersweetspot.com. Welcome back, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's mindful moment brought to you by Her Sweet Spot Strategic Partners for your business. It's been such a pleasure, Sable, talking to you and just hearing you talk about so many things that I believe women should be hearing and affirming on a day-to-day basis. It's so important that you know that you can change, you can evolve, and you can grow in your purpose through experiences. So I love what you're, you're, you've been saying today. So today we're going to talk to you about in our segment called in the news, mm-hmm. where I talk about something that I, that I'm read somewhere online in the news. And I just want to get your feedback on what we have today to talk about in the news. Are you ready? Uh, oh, I think so. Uh, you, I, the minute okay. I hear news, I'm like, ooh, okay, go for no. it. I'm, ready. I'm as ready as I'm going to get. <laughs> this should be light, light and easy. So uh, according to livecareer.com, here are five career tips you need to hear about, and I think it wouldn't be too horrible. So number one, 
of the five career tips you need to hear about according to livecareer.com is to focus on professional success before looking for happiness in your career. What do you say about that? Okay, so to focus on professional success before looking for happiness? Yes, in your career. So which comes first? The idea that I just need to choose a career that's going to make me super successful, or should I find happiness? Um, I think that the first thing that jumps out is just defining success for you. I think people mess up a lot with, like, if you take that full statement and you run by it, it might work for someone depending on how they define success because then they would find happiness, you know, all, all right. in one nice and neat package. So I think right. that if someone does want to focus on professional success, the first thing they would have to do is just define what that looks like for them because they might find out that there is happiness within that. If folks right. are using the standard Western, because it's not just American, but Western definition of professional success, it, it is very possible that happiness might not come in that nice and neat package. So I think that's why you have to go to personal values, what matters more to you, and then learning to define success from that. So that's the Agreed. first thing that came to mind. The other thing is like, I think that people focus too much on happiness. Happiness is an emotion. We have five emotions as humans and emotions are fleeing one minute you're sad and then you move on you feel better and then you're happy and then there might be some fear like we have five standard human emotions so i think if your constant focus is on happiness you are automatically making life harder than it has to be because no one's happy all the time it's just a reality um yes so I think that if you start from a definition of what does success looks like to me, you might not experience consistent happiness because it's never going to happen. But right. if you feel fulfilled, then you will have peace, which is far better than a fleeting moment or two of happiness. I, you just, ooh, chills broke that down so well. Who cares about the next five tips? But I'm going to give you the next tip on the five career tips according to an article I found in livecareer.com, stop being loyal to your company. Now, I agree with this 100%. I had no problems with that at all. We don't need to <laughs> dissect that I one. I agree with that one. Um, Just like, guys, my parents used to be like, you know, I, I am a little older. Some from a different generation, and I would change jobs to find what it is that I needed to do. And my mom would just be like, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? And stay I'm, put. <laughs> they, you know, my mom just retired from a 38-year uh, stint with the state. And I, I look at her and I'm just amazed. I, I can't, I'm not loyal to anyone because are they truly loyal to you? Yeah, it's nothing to dissect there. I put on Instagram in different moments, like be more loyal to yourself than you are to the company. That's right. That's right. All right, let's move on down the line. Number three of the top five or the five career tips uh, provided by an article that I found in livecareer.com is treat your job hunt like a career. So when you're searching for a job, they advise that you really take it as yet another job that you need to do. I think that's unnecessary. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it just sounds that like a full-time why. job. Now granted looking for a job could definitely well turn into like a part-time job where it's 10, 15, 20 hours a week of your time, depending on how you're going about that process altogether. I think to treat a temporary portion in your life, like a long-term career is just a foolish from an efficiency point of view. Um, I just think Especially when that, you have agencies that could do it for you. Yeah. It's just in headhunters and like all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think it's more important to just place value in that process. So you don't say yes to an opportunity that you regret very soon. Um, Good. So I think that that whole time piece is just like who has t- quite literally like who has time for that, especially if you right. already have a job like and you have children, you have spouses and you have other things, you right. have other things like no one has time for this third career on top of the three I already have. 
Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, so for that, I'd say like ignore the people in them. That don't make no sense. <laughs> All right. Number four on the five career tips you need to know, uh, according to an article in livecareer.com, is learn how to read people, which is so true. Because we could end this, we could end this interview now. We could end this conversation now, and even this needs to go a little further to me. Hear the tones in people's voices, because you're gonna usually have a phone interview nowadays before mm. you're um, in person. So, what do you think about that? When I've heard um, heard you say, learn how to read people. I skipped the whole like interview process of reading people. Because I feel like that process is often designed in a way where you can't read the person or persons who are interviewing you intentionally. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that part is just like, it is what it is. It's how it's designed. Do your best. The right position will open up for you. Ta-da. Boom. There's my, um, there's my drums in the back. But I think that's more important or extremely important, I should say, not more important. Once you're in the office space, because folks don't realize, like, we're all politicians, and the politics of a workspace is off the chain. And yeah. that's where it's really, really crucial for folks to learn how to read people, because I've seen yeah. people make really unnecessary, avoidable mistakes because they did not take time to observe who are the real stakeholders like not just the people with the official title who yeah. who has influence over xyz and just was you know flowing through the wind not taking into account of what what the temperature in the room was right uh, so yeah i think it's more so like we're oh, all true. politicians and that's what i love important that we are all politicians people it, very early on in my career i did not play the politics game and I learned very fast how to play in have to. the big man sandbox. It, it it's all politics. Yeah. In like there's in, a lot in of, everything. In everything. And there's a lot of people who there's, you know, different instances where they were passed up for promotions or they didn't get promoted or the raise, the bonus, like what what have you. And a lot of times and I understand why, you know, we'll say, oh, it's because I'm a woman, and then it's because I'm a black woman or um, Latinx woman, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to deduce that that might be at play to a significant degree, depending on where you are. But a, a large piece of that is, like, we're not playing politics. That's it. We're just going in, keeping our hair down, doing the job, and leaving. No, no, honey, did you go to happy hour? yeah did you play softball no i can't play softball y'all but sable attended field day but you're um, gonna be there cheering everybody on you need a beer yeah you need, pretty you need bob, bob would you like a beer pretty you know <laughs> so play. and then in the midst of all of that were you reading the people were you taking mental notes like it's it's a chess game yeah it's real oh here is number five number oh, yeah, five ready of the career tips you need to know. You need to hear, according to an article in livecareer.com is, don't be afraid to get fired. That one is so true. And I, I, I would say that because in all my years, and I've been in FinTech for over 20 years, I was never afraid to be fired. Now I'm a little older. I got a child. I got mortgage. I got X, Y, X, Y, X, Y, Z. I got things a little different. Can you, can you like, I play the politics game because I want to keep my job. But uh, there was a large time in my life where I wasn't afraid to get fired. But it was because I knew my skill set. I knew my craft and I knew what I brought to the table. So for me, hearing this advice, don't be afraid to get fired. I'd rather hear them say, own your ish, be who you are. And yeah, be I don't like how it's phrased. Don't yeah. be afraid uh -huh. to get fired. I mean, I think it's okay to like not want to lose your job. Um, yeah. Like don't remove the human element from it. I like how you rephrase it in the sense of like own your stuff. So if something happens, you'll be okay. So, right. you know, always be nurturing your existing relationships and expanding your network, all that. Like, 
I think there's a different way to phrase it. Um, and then because I'm quite literal sometimes, it's, you know, I feel like besides owning your stuff, the only way to like truly, truly not be afraid to get fired is when you've been taking care of your finances or in a position to be able to go an extended period of time until you find right. the next thing. Um, so we well, we could talk. We you have another hour. That's a whole nother month. We can have. <laughs> that's why my my gut reaction to that was like, um, but what if somebody's emergency fund isn't packed? Like, isn't fat enough? Like, you have a human right to be afraid of that because be you're afraid. Now, exactly. The question goes, well, where's rent on my mortgage or my car note, wherever coming from? Um, you haven't prepared yourself. Yes. Yeah, so. Maybe you should be like, be prepared financially if you yeah. get fired. Like, that's a better way to say it. Um, but don't be afraid to get right. fired. It's just, it just feels like we're supposed to be a robot with that. And I'm so right. not robotic. Like, what? That's, I can that's cry. A, that's an open-ended. <laughs> yeah, I can cry at a tissue commercial. So I'm immediately, I'm like, but where's the, where's the feeling in that? Because um, that could be a scary moment for people understandably so understandably so well it's been so fantastic talking to you i wish we had more time i want to just thank you sable for being our guest today and really shedding some like really sharing some great tips and advice and your point of view on to to women out here listening and who are going through transition for their career and our business. Tell everyone where they could find you and how they could be part of your Real Brown Girls Collective. So I exist on the land of Instagram. Real Brown Girls is at Real Brown Girls, no special spellings. And my personal account, I don't really post there, but just for the sake of combo, it's at Miss Sable B, M S. Sable, S-A-B-L-E, and then B, if someone were interested in joining the Real Brown Girls Collective, if you went to realbrowngirls.com, all of that information will be right there, front page and center, so you won't have to do too much scrolling. Maybe a little bit of scrolling, but not too much scrolling. But not too much, not too much. Yeah. You don't scroll have to until you find what you need. Pretty much. So you don't have to like, you know, some, some places it's like, you're still clicking and you forgot what you were looking for. It won't be that, that annoying of an experience. The annoying sales funnel. I know all about it. And we're teaching you how to create proper sales funnels at this year's Women on the Rise Foreman Expo. Sable, I thank you so much for joining me again today. And uh, guys, I thank you and love you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends all about the Her Sweet Spot experience. Until next time, you know how I like to end. When we empower each other, we all rise. Thanks for joining us this week on the Her Sweet Spot Experience. Make sure to visit our website, www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E, spot.com, where you can become a member of our growing community and get great content for your life and business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We are your strategic partners to grow your business.